Sweet, sweet, sweet. Three and oh, welcome in again, Bears fans. It's time for our We Are Regal Radio's three and out series where we give you some takeaways from every Bears game, give you a little post-game analysis, and usually find three major takeaways, and we will do so again after once again, and three is the magic number, 3-0 and Chicago Bears, one of just a few teams in the league able to start their season 3-0, and so great accomplishment from them. And to be exact, there is a total of six teams currently at 3-0. and We are anticipating a seventh team when the 2-0 and Ravens and the 2-0 and Chiefs battle on Monday Night Football. Of course, that could be a tie, and maybe there will only be six teams. But as I said, great accomplishment for the Bears. And let's start with our first major takeaway. And don't know if there's really any other place to start besides that quarterback position. And we've been talking about it a lot here on We Are Rico Radio when we're talking, discussing the Bears. Uh, you obviously hear it all over Chicago media. And usually when the Bears are brought up nationally, it centers around that quarterback position. And through two quarters and a little bit into the third, Unfortunately, we saw same old Mitch Trubisky that we've really become accustomed to. His numbers on the day, 13 of 22, 128 yards, one touchdown, one interception. He had two sacks uh, against him, a long pass of 19. His biggest play was one rush for 45 yards, and he had a quarterback rating of 71.8. Very, very pedestrian, as we talked about. I mean, if you're not flirting with 100 as a quarterback rating, you're usually having a pretty average day at best. You're not getting a lot of yards, you're not getting a lot of touchdowns, or you've thrown quite a few interceptions. So after that first interception from Mitch Trubisky, that was about enough that Mad Nagy can handle with uh, Mitch as his Bears quarterback, which obviously uh, makes a lot of sense to me because, I mean, every fan saw how the game was going. Uh, we've seen the first two weeks of the season. There comes just a point where you can't blame it on rust. You can't blame it on lack of training camp, lack of preseason, and just inexperience or maybe he'll be a late bloomer i mean there comes a time where you have to kind of say enough is enough i mean it's a stark difference in that game especially in that first half how matt ryan is hitting some dimes downfield you know taking his team and scoring uh not necessarily at will because he was playing the the bears defense but a very solid 16 points at half for the atlanta falcons while the bears only mustered up 10 and Really, it could have been worse than that if the defense hadn't stepped up the way that it had. Uh, Mitch, you could see, you know, and this goes back to kind of overall this year. Mitch has been better as a quarterback. I think you could probably argue this is one of his better seasons, if not his best season as a quarterback. But the problem with that is, is it's so subpar, so average at best that, I mean, there's nothing to hang your hat on in that game. And we talked about it in our We Are Regal Radio's fourth and goal, which previewed this Bears game. The number one key was scoring. This Atlanta Falcons team is ripe to give up scoring. And that was going to be the number one key no matter what. You could not expect the Bears defense to just contain them to 13 points. I mean, if they put together an elite dominant effort, maybe. But this Atlanta team scored against Seattle, they scored against Dallas, and they scored against the Bears. I mean, they are a team that can score even without Julio Jones, who did not play in the game. 
but they have a lot of weapons, a smart quarterback, a good offensive line, and enough at the running back position that, you know, every week they should be able to keep in games offensively. Maybe their defense lets them down. Maybe the defense is the reason why they have a horrible season. But offensively, that's not the problem. So the Bears had to help and complement their defense with scoring and not field goals, but touchdowns. And, you know, Mitch, I guess you give him credit on that one run for 45 yards that set up the touchdown play. And you could kind of just see that because it was late in the second uh, quarter, right before halftime. The Bears didn't get any plays downfield. And Mitch certainly tried to push the ball downfield at times, but completely inaccurate, really not giving his wide receivers or tight ends or running backs, whoever, not giving them a chance to catch the football and make a play. The drives were completely stalling when you have to go nine plays, 10 plays, 80 yards to try to get a touchdown. It, that, For the best quarterbacks, it's very difficult to go consistently 10 plays touchdown, nine plays touchdown, eight plays touchdown, like where you're going 80 yards, you know, 70 yards. You're, t- you're basically going the length of the field and you're only doing it dunk by dunk by dunk. That's playing into basically every NFL defense's hand. What you need to do offensively and what the rules are basically constructed around is pushing the ball downfield. And if you are unable to do so, it's going to be hard to beat teams that can really put points on the board. Basically, Mitch, you know, doing a lot of the dunking and dinking when the Bears did get in the red zone. Another classic thing we've seen with Mitch, drives, drives just completely stall where they can't get anything out of the red zone. They missed the field goal on one of their red zone trips, got a field goal on another, and then, uh, of course, got the touchdown that they needed. But overall, it was a very lackluster offensive effort. And I'll give Matt Nagy some credit here because the big question is, when do you do the switch to Nick Foles? And honestly, you could have argued in every single game at about halftime, hey, is the switch coming? Is the switch coming? Like, Mitch never showed an ability to just grab a hold of that quarterback position and run with it. As for Nick Foles, you have Matt Nagy. After Mitch Trubisky throws the interception in the third quarter, the Bears, uh, you know, quickly fall down a touchdown, uh, giving up an opening drive second half touchdown to the Falcons, which puts them put them up 23 to 10. And it felt like the game was really slipping at that point. You know, a couple more drives, a couple more Atlanta scores with the way Mitch had been throwing it. There's just no way that they would have been able to score enough. So he made the right call bringing in Nick Foles and the difference was just stark and the contrast was immediate i mean say what you will about nick Foles. i'm sure he's going to have struggles this year i'm sure there's going to be times where all bears fans including myself want to just kind of rip this guy a new one because of how either inaccurate he is or bad decisions bad play whatever but one thing you cannot take away from nick Foles compared to mitch is he is an nfl quarterback And we saw in that game, in that second half with Nick Foles, who, by the way, basically had a touchdown every drive. Uh, Two of them were overturned from video replay. And I think you could argue that both of those should have been caught by the receiver and should have been touchdowns for Nick Foles. So he came in, started pushing the ball downfield, gave receivers a chance to make plays under the football. And maybe one of the uh, most significant points when Anthony Miller scored the uh, go-ahead touchdown 
on that beautiful pass by Nick Foles, who gets hit. He's kind of fading to his left, but leads uh, Miller to the right, basically to the near right pylon of the end zone versus what Mitch did, because Mitch said in his post game how that was the exact same route that they ran in the first half where Mitch overthrew him. And you could see the difference. Mitch not leading Anthony Miller, putting way too much air and forcing him to go straight line when if he put it to the sideline in the a la the way that Nick Foles did it, Anthony Miller might have some more time to get underneath that football and make a catch. That is what is going to make the Bears go ultimately. I mean, a lot of us have been questioning how good Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are as GM and head coach. And when you get a professional quarterback in this offense, suddenly they look pretty solid. I mean, no one's going to say that the Bears have the best receiving core in football, but Allen Robinson's a legit number one, and Anthony Miller making plays like that to go along with a developing Darnell Mooney, a solid Ted Ginn. I mean, you're seeing a pretty credible wide receiving core. Then you look at the tight end, Cole Komet, yeah, we haven't heard too much from him. Don't be surprised. He's a rookie at one of the hardest spots to transition from college to the pros without much of a training camp and preseason. So he might come along a little bit later as the season goes along, but he's working it with Jimmy Graham, Demetrius Harris, mainly with Mitch, got a few grabs, but I think he got one as well with Nick Foles. But Nick loves using those tight ends. We saw that in Philly, and he's using the tight ends. Not that Mitch necessarily wasn't, but again, the tight ends are making more plays. It's not just catch down instantly or uh, everything is on the line of scrimmage where a tight end basically has to get a block or break a tackle in order to pick up a first down. No, Nick is giving his receivers more of a chance downfield to make bigger and more impactful plays. And that's ultimately the main reason why Matt Nagy is going to have to go with Nick moving forward. Uh, I mean, you just look at it again. Nick is also having an abbreviated training camp and did not have a preseason, even though this is a very familiar system. He's not familiar with these players around him. And he comes in crunch time, third quarter, 16 to 29, 188 yards. And remember, a couple of touchdowns taken away, but maybe a couple balls in harm's way. I don't want to make it sound like Nick Foles was absolutely perfect, but that 95.2 rating he had really feels right. Like he was maybe not super great, but he allowed the offense and then coincidentally the defense to really show their talent because there just wasn't a liability at the most important position on the football team which is of course the quarterback position uh really good stuff overall from nick Foles. i it just it, it's exciting to see what the bears could potentially become moving forward with more of a consistent and competent quarterback and really tough for mitch to go down this way but you know he's got to learn from this and try to get better maybe it's just not going to work out for him and his career in the nfl it, you know classy guy going to the podium after the game and speaking honestly speaking truthfully and, and not shying away from questions i mean there's some impressiveness to mitch but there comes a point in time where you just got to say, you know what? Enough is enough. Mitch Trubisky is not an NFL quarterback right now. So good call by Matt Nagy and good call by Matt Nagy sticking with Nick Foles moving forward. Our next takeaway from this football game, I'm going to go to the defensive side of the football and 
you know, it, it's an interesting day from the defense because I don't know if many people felt that the Bears were going to hold the Falcons under 20 points scoring. I think it was pretty universally thought by predictions here in Chicago or nationally. A, a lot of people thought the Bears would give up about 20 or so points at least to this Falcons team because Let's face it, the Bears haven't been playing elite, but this is also a tremendous group like we talked about with the Falcons' offense. We saw a little bit more activity from the pass rush, which was nice to see. It looked like Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks were really rolling, especially what Nick Foles was going in that second half. A few big plays given up downfield, like Eddie Jackson giving up to Calvin Ridley, which is a little disheartening, but again, you know, you're going to give up big plays occasionally. And overall, when you look at the Bears' defense, I feel like you can count on one hand how many big plays they've given up downfield. I mean, it's just, it's not been many. Chuck Pagano is a big believer in, especially being a former secondary defensive back. You know, he really wants to protect those guys and he really wants to limit big plays. And that's why he likes rushing with four guys versus bringing a lot of blitzing. Doesn't want to leave his corners on an island. He wants to give them backup. And, you know, they don't give up many big plays downfield. That being said, there are some troubling areas still with this uh, Bears defense that really needs to get figured out. Now, first of all, a couple more good. Held Atlanta to 4 of 13 on third downs. That was a huge part in this football game. Without holding them down on third downs, probably not enough time for the Bears to come back in this game. Uh, they were able to also pick off Matt Ryan and get an interception, which sealed the game at the end, which was very exciting to me because First two weeks, Lions dropped the touchdown pass that the defense gave up on a final drive. Giants came within one play, you know, one, I guess, good pass, one catch of winning that game against the Bears, against the Giants in week two. And that was, again, on the Bears' defense on the final drive. So on the final drive this time, the Bears put a sealer on it and end this game before Matt Ryan has a chance to potentially take the lead because the Bears were up 30-26 at the time. You know, a touchdown basically would have won that game for the Falcons and all that work by the offense and the defense earlier in the game would have gone to complete ways. So that was definitely a good thing to see. And like I said, there was some activity with some sacks. You know, Cleo Mack would have had another sack, but it was taken away from a roughing the passer penalty. So they had a few more opportunities at pass rushing versus what the official stat line says. Penalties were a big problem for the Bears in this game. Not necessarily the yardage, but just too many, 10 overall. So they got to work on that a little bit more. But uh, time of possession completely in the Bears' favor versus Atlanta, 25 minutes and 10 seconds of possession time. So the Bears' defense did a great job getting off the field and getting uh, their offense back the football. That being said, the, the big red flag comes in with the rushing yards because Matt Ryan, 67 of 7, was his quarterback rating, 19 of 38, 238 yards. Pretty good. I mean, you hold Matt Ryan to 67.7, I don't think you sneeze at that at all. The problem comes in with the rushing yards, though, and we've talked about this already at nausea. The Bears really have a problem stopping the run, and when you look at what Green Bay did against New Orleans on Sunday Night Football, the way that they're running it, and both teams are 3-0, and that's a little scary when you talk about them potentially meeting up later on in the season and can the Bears supplant the Packers atop the division. You're going to have to be able to stop the run. Atlanta got 25 carries, 144 yards rushing, 
and it was pretty well evened out. Todd Gurley, 14 attempts, 80 yards. Brian Hill, 9 attempts, 58 yards. Calvin Ridley added 7 yards of his own, and on top of it, Matt Ryan had negative 1, so it could have been slightly even that much worse, but uh, big run given up to Brian Hill of 35. Also gave up a Todd Gurley run of 16. You take away some of those big runs, it's definitely a much more um, statistically pleasing, I guess, if you will. But it just, those holes are there. And teams are taking advantage of the fact that without Eddie Goldman, the Bears are really struggling to stop the run. If I'm Ron Pace, you know, I'm signing Snacks Harrison today, especially after you saw what Nick Foles did. If you can find a way to really stop this run, let that pass rush go. That offense, you know, has some playmakers, has some weapons, has a good uh, scheme to it this year. Matt Nagy doing a good job play calling. Nick Foles can definitely manage the car, if you will, as long as he's comfortable in a system and doing the things that really he knows how to do well, which it seemed like he was very comfortable yesterday being on the Bears. Of course, Falcons didn't game plan for him. Might be a little bit different this week against the Colts when they know who the starter is going to be. But regardless of all that, Ryan Pace has to be aggressive in trying to stop this run because if this defense is going to get elite again, it's only going to be if they can figure out a way to shut down the run like they did in 2018 because they kind of struggled a little bit at it in 2019 as well, but it made sense with all the injuries. In 2020, you don't have any real injuries other than Eddie Goldman being out because of fear of COVID and he declined to enter the season. That's the only real missing piece at this point, and you're unable to stop the run at all against the Giants, the Falcons, and the Lions. And you definitely have to figure that out when you go up against a team like Green Bay, who is one of the potential elite teams in the league, and they are one of the best running teams in the league with a superstar back in Aaron Jones. So that just sounds like a recipe for disaster. The Bears have to figure that out. I don't know exactly what the easy fix is because usually you need big bodies and you need good players. And I think Bilal Nichols playing much better at the nose tackle. He's improving. You know, they have some quality defensive linemen, but it's got to be better. And Chuck Pagano might have to get a little creative with his scheme or how he deploys certain players, whatever it is, you know. And again, it comes back to maybe Ryan Pace signing a guy like Snacks Harrison. Whatever it is, if the Bears can figure out a way to shut down that running game, I mean, with what they have in the secondary and now what they might have offensively, because you had a running game, now you might have a quarterback that can throw it a little. If this defense can get back to elite level, I mean, you're definitely talking about the Bears being in contending level, at least for right now. And that leads us to our third and final takeaway from this Bears game. And uh, the focus on this one is going to be, you know, how good are the Bears at 3-0? Let's, uh, let's assume, of course, that uh, tonight there won't be a tie. Either the, the Chiefs or Ravens will win. So it's, it's going to be seven 3-0 teams on the year. Where would the Bears rank in those 3-0 teams? Now, obviously, whether it's Baltimore or Kansas City, they would be one or two. Uh, you've got Seattle at 3-0. That's a very impressive 3-0. Green Bay is 3-0. Again, very solid 3-0. Buffalo Bills barely making it to 3-0. Almost gave it away to the Los Angeles Rams, who would have been 3-0 had they won that game. Uh, but Buffalo, 
they continue to move along and have shown some impressiveness. Pittsburgh, probably not as clean as they would like it, but again, with Big Ben, with a really good defense, Mike Tomlin at head coach, I think you feel pretty good about that 3-0. And then, of course, the Tennessee Titans, barely squeaking by the Minnesota Vikings by one, and they're winning. They're winning ugly if they need to. They're winning big when they need to. Tennessee, they just feel like that AFC championship team uh, from a year ago where they got to that AFC title game and played really well. So they're definitely a threat. And I think you go back to the Bears again, being 3-0. and You probably put them at the bottom of the 3-0 and teams. But I would throw a little caveat into there. If Mitch Trubisky had won that game somehow, assuming everything happened the way it did, where he threw that interception, but... Instead of being benched, Matt Nagy continued to go with them, and somehow the Bears figured out to win that game. Nobody, and I mean nobody, would be feeling good or should feel good about the 3-0 Bears. You're talking about three straight weeks where if it wasn't for a couple good quarters of Mitch, you are not winning, and again, Mitch cannot put together a full quarter game. With Nick Foles, though, as the guy that comes in and leads this comeback and we know what Nick Foles can do. When you're talking about in this specific scheme and system, which he's very familiar and he likes a lot, and he's around a lot of coaches that he's familiar with. You know, these guys know him. This is a very good system for him. And the big thing, really, for Nick Foles is just learning the players around him. But that should come pretty easily when you talk about him being the starter, getting a lot of starter reps. I'm sure he felt more comfortable yesterday than he had at any point at being a bear because it just the more time the more reps the faster he's going to get up and running and we've seen what a what a terrific relief pitcher he's been in his uh, career as a football quarterback doing it again with explosive plays downfield you know big touchdowns to Allen robinson to anthony miller you know jimmy graham looking like a red zone monster it, it just you start seeing this Bears team like, okay, they don't really have an obvious weakness at offensive line. They seem like a, a solid group, and they've definitely been pretty physical at the point of attack in the run game. The running backs, uh, unfortunately, you lose Tariq Cohen to what looks like to be an ACL, which is just terrible news for this team because, boy, uh, it, I think that running back room was really starting to mix with Cohen, uh, Montgomery, Patterson. Those three guys kind of mixing and matching with their speed, size, you know, running style. You could do a lot of different things. And they were all three really good out of the backfield, especially Tariq as a pass catcher. And so the Bears are definitely going to feel that loss, which is, you know, just terrible and unfortunate. Glad that uh, Tariq was able to sign that deal and get his money, though. Uh, you know, would have been just awful hearing him trying to get a contract extension that has this injury. It just, that always works out so crappily for the player. So I'm glad on that front for Tariq. But uh, regardless of Cohen going down, you still have a couple backs and Patterson and Montgomery that, you know, you're not going to light the world on fire, but you could do a lot worse. And running backs, you can kind of find those on the street. You know, famously Raheem Morstead, he showed up really late on the scene and became one of the league's best running backs last year. It's not impossible to go out and maybe find a guy off the streets to come in and play some running back for you. So in terms of injury loss, I mean, you'd much rather lose a running back than compared to mainly 
probably every position on the field. I mean, it'd be one thing if Tariq was the bell cow running back superstar of the team, but a scat back, you know, part-time back, obviously a loss. Don't want to mitigate that, but there is much worse losses than losing Tariq Cohen on this football team. So a solid offense with a defense that has Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Robert Quinn, there's some really talented all-pro caliber players in that secondary. You know, maybe Jalen Johnson by midway of the season really starts developing and coming on the scene as a, as a very strong corner. And overall, I felt he had a solid game uh, against the Falcons. So they probably are the worst 3-0 team in the league, but they have a lot of room to improve. So dream a little bit bigger Bears fan no longer are you completely handicapped at the quarterback position